our testimony is in how we live faithfully through Christ, through our faith lived out in action and through obedience to what Jesus has commanded us to do. Hello and welcome to Rooted Together podcast, the podcast which aims to root you in Christ through his word together. I'm your host, Charles Hegwood, and today we are in Matthew chapter 8. Following the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus displayed what it looks like to live out the faith and the life that he talked about in the Sermon on the Mount. We also get to look at what kind of faith Jesus longs to see in us. After a series of miracles, would the disciples truly display such faith? And do we? And that's what we're going to be asking as we enter into this great text. And I've entitled the first section here, Faith in Jesus is Faith in Who Jesus Is. And that's one of our main ideas here, that our faith in Jesus is faith in who Jesus is, not simply what he can do. And we know that Jesus is the Christ, God's anointed one, which ties into our theme at the beginning of Matthew, that he is the Christ, the son of David, son of Abraham. And here we're looking at Jesus as the Christ. Do we have faith in who he is as Jesus Christ, or do we only have faith when we can see what we need to see? We're going to see a leper come to Jesus and be healed. We're going to see a centurion, a Gentile centurion, and his servant is healed from a distance. And then we're going to see the many who are healed and demons cast out of them. They approach Jesus in faith, and at least two of those encounters we know approach Jesus in faith because of who he is. They understand somewhat who Jesus is more than simply what they've heard that he can do. And we're going to watch in this chapter the progression of faith and how we react to it because the disciples are watching all that comes before they get on the boat And we're going to see how they respond when their faith is tested. So part one here, this is verses 1 through 17. If I could give it a summary, it's a faith like that. We have these great examples of faithfulness. First of all, we have this leper who is cast out from society and he seeks healing from Jesus. So mind you, this is in front of a big crowd. He doesn't come to Jesus in private a big crowd of people, and that's bold because this is a day and an age where if you are a leper, you stay away from people, and yet he runs to Jesus in front of this crowd, and I want you to look at his words here in 1 through 17. He says, not can you heal me, but will you heal me? He knew that Jesus could. The question the leper was asking is, Jesus, are you willing to heal me? And Jesus says, I am willing, and he does heal this leper. And he says, it is your faith that has made you well. That faith that called this leper who has heard that Jesus can do great things to approach him in front of a crowd, regardless of what people might say or think, and approach Jesus in boldness saying, Jesus, will you heal me? It is that faith that makes him whole. And as that story concludes, we see Jesus commands the man to go to the temple and do the, the purification ritual. And the notice is he te- he's, Jesus tells him, tell nobody what I've done for you. Now, there's a crowd watching, but he says, tell no one else. 
go to the temple, do the ritual you need to do. The cleansed man's testimony to others was not the miracle, but his adherence to the law. And notice what Jesus says, your testimony will be this, that you did what the law commanded you to do after you were healed. How beautiful is that? Our testimony is in how we live faithfully through Christ, not any healing, as powerful as that may be, but through our faith lived out in action and through obedience to what Jesus has commanded us to do. We could spend all day there, but we'll move on to the centurion. Now a Gentile, unclean by culture, not by sickness. So the leper is unclean by sickness. This Gentile, by his culture, by his very who he is, approaches Jesus. And now note his interaction with Jesus here. He knows to some capacity who Jesus must be. He knows that Jesus is a man with authority. His faith and knowledge of who Jesus is, he has, it leads him to request Jesus to speak it, and it will be so. And that's the beauty here. He approaches Jesus and says, my servant is sick. And Jesus says, take me to the servant. And the centurion says, no, just I know who you are. You're a man with authority. I'm a man under authority, with great authority. And I know if I say something, it gets done. And I know if you say it, it will be done. This centurion has such faith. He does not need to see Jesus touch the servant to see the servant healed. He knows that if Jesus simply speaks the words, that servant will be healed. Jesus calls this faith great faith. And I love that. We see Jesus impressed by the faith of this Gentile centurion. We see that contrasted, by the way, with the disciples just later on. While he is impressed with the faith of the Gentile centurion, he will call his disciples faith, weak faith, or ye of little faith. It is faith in Jesus that grants entrance into God's family. You see, God does, or Jesus here does not care that this man is a Gentile. What he does care about is he has faith in him because of who he is. The centurion knows in part that Jesus is someone great. Now we go to the next part, the many. This is verses 11 through 12. Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law, by the way. Peter's married. Don't know if you knew that or not. He was. And Jesus heals his mother-in-law. There's no mention of Peter requesting this, by the way. It just happens. We aren't privy to what led up to it. We're just told that he sees Peter's mother-in-law and he heals her. Perhaps that's because Peter is worried. After all, Peter has just left his job. He is obviously traveling around with Jesus, and he has a family back at home. And now his mother-in-law, his wife's mother, is sick, and Jesus steps in with compassion and heals her. And notice this, her reaction to being healed is to serve Jesus. Let our faith drive us to serve our king. Now, many people begin to come to Jesus while he's there to be healed. The faith that guided them to the one who not only could help, but was willing to help to heal them. Jesus, in doing this, by the way, fulfills Isaiah in his very healing and his very casting out of demons. He is fulfilling scripture, and many people are coming from very far away in faith to be healed by Jesus and to be taught by Jesus because Jesus always healed 
with teaching. Now we look at part two of this great chapter, and we look at faith tested. A scribe, perhaps intrigued by the healings, wants to follow Jesus. His faith is tested as Jesus lays out the cost, talking about, I have no home. Will you follow me if it means leaving your home? By the way, Peter left his job despite having a family. There's no further mention of this guy, if he follows Jesus or not. But the invitation's there, just the warning. If you want to follow me, there's a high cost. Our faith requires us to give up all and follow, even when it's difficult and inconvenient. Another disciple is asked to follow Jesus, and he tells them, I must first bury my father, which means basically wait for him to die, not necessarily go to the funeral. But this will not do. Faith calls us to leave all and to follow. There's a cost to discipleship. There's a cost to following Jesus. Our faith leaves all behind. The disciples' faith is put to the test just a little bit later as a storm threatens their boat when Jesus calms the storm and he questions their faith. If they knew who Jesus was, the creator of all things, they would have not feared. The response shows us that they don't grasp yet who Jesus is. They saw him heal people, they but they doubted in the storm. They knew he could heal sickness, but can he calm the raging seas? And the answer is yes. And the response is perhaps even a good response here. Who is this? Yes, who is this indeed? We must know the object of our faith, brothers and sisters. We must know who Jesus is, that he is the Christ, the Son of God, the Son of David, the Son of Abraham. Not in what Jesus can do for you, but in who he is, and he is the Christ. He is God in human flesh. As we quickly sprint through this to the third part, faith calls and scares away. We will rather be drawn to Jesus or driven away from Jesus. There's really no on the fence with Jesus. Jesus heals two demon-possessed men. Now, interestingly, Mark actually records this interaction uh, with one in in more detail. He talks about the one demon-possessed man, and he gives some more dialogue and interaction. However, Matthew's purpose is focused on Jesus' power and the crowd's reaction. They beg Jesus to leave. Faced with the exorcism of two men that were so strong no one could bind them and the loss of their pigs, the crowd would rather Jesus leave. This is the very opposite of the earlier crowd drawn to Jesus to be healed. They saw what he could do but didn't want him, and they didn't want to know him. There will be many people who understand the power of Jesus, who see it on display But they do not build their faith on the person of Jesus, and therefore they reject the call of God to come and to follow. So let us conclude this. Will you place your faith on Jesus, the Christ, or will you build a weak faith on simply what you see him do rather than who he is? Be as the leper and the centurion held up as examples in this chapter. But if you find yourself relating to the weak faith of the disciples, take heart. Don't panic. It's not over. They did not stay like that. Their faith grew as Jesus continued to pursue them. And he will and does pursue you as well. Thank you for listening. I look forward to joining you in Matthew chapter 9 next time. I'll see you there.